0: Oh, we you know I mean we we just uh, let's, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What what they're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh, one more time. Oh, one more time. Bear Essentials Podcast is sponsored by Kins Brewery, located in Oak Park, Illinois. They're a local lager-focused brewery. The tap room is currently closed, but you can still order online for local delivery or curbside pickup. The Bear Essentials Podcast listeners will receive a 15% discount on your order by using promo code BEARSPOD. Please visit them at Kinslager.com. That's spelled K-I-N-S-L-A-H-G-E-R.com. Welcome to the Barry
1: Sentences. We are Chicago Bears podcast for the fans. On today's show, we break down the players to watch in 2021 and much more.
0: Hey Dub, what's the good word, fam? Man, everything is all good on my side of the table, Prez. How are you, man? Man, I'm great, man. We got some great weather here Saturday in Chicago, bro. I'm here for it. I'm I'm, I'm loving it, man. I'm feeling really good over here today, man. These last couple of days have been awesome. I mean, yesterday was just as good as this one's today. So I'm looking forward to this weather. Dude, we earned it. We deserve it. And ladies and gentlemen, we are going to bask in this because it has been a hell of a winter here in Chicago. It was a hell of a winter. But here we are. Summertime shot vibes, baby. Woo, the best you can get. <laughs> and not even Tony La Rooster can kill my vibes with this weather, uh, A-Dub. <laughs> Your man, Tony La <laughs> I'm just going to say this. I know our our listeners, they come to us to to listen to Bears talk, but we're going to digress a little bit to start off this episode. I'm sorry, A-Dub, but there was so much that was going on with my team this week. And so for our listeners, Tony LaRusso is the manager of the Chicago White Sox, very old school manager, 74-year-old guy. And a lot of the stuff that happened this week with him in the ball club, I wasn't surprised one bit.
1: Neither was I. I. I told everyone he has that old school mentality. I mean, he has that mindset of the game. From a couple of decades ago, or even longer than that. So you got to recognize, hey, where he's at, where he's coming
0: from. The only problem that I have with it, though, is in baseball with these unwritten rules, bro. That's the shit right there. That' why a lot of people don't even like the sport because a lot of people will tell you, "Man, this sport is so boring." I'm like, hell, yeah, that's because they got all these damn unwritten rules. And anybody that wants to have a little personality or do something fun, they're like, uh-uh, you can't do that. If you do that, I'ma throw it at you. I'm like, come on, right? Man. <laughs> yeah, everyone takes it personal like you're trying to show them up, but really, you just
1: entertain. And that's what it's about, really. I think, you know, in today's age of sports, you want to entertain the fans.
0: Exactly. Tony Rusa. I mean, we don't know what's going on in that locker room. They could be cool. But I would say, when that thing first kicked off with him basically calling out his own player for the swinging swing a 3-0 pitch, and then acknowledging that he was okay with his player being thrown at, man, you gotta have your players back, bro. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't get that. And there's no manager should ever be okay with his player being thrown at that shit pissed me off bro yeah and the thing is if you felt your
1: player did something wrong you have it in-house right but yep. whenever an enemy going at your player you got to back your players up you know any any given time no matter what that hey and I think Tony Russo may have dropped the ball with that but it shows you his thinking right old school thinking thinking that hey you violated an unwritten rule these are the consequences but guess what you shouldn't be giving consequences letting opponents give consequences on your watch. You know, you
0: back your players, like you said, first. you do it at every, at every cost. To me, it just came off like a guy that's out of touch. This is also a guy for our listeners that maybe are Sox fans. You guys will know that this wasn't even Rick Hahn's choice to be the manager of the team. So Jerry Reinsdorf made the decision to hire Tony Russo. And to me, I'm so glad that Jerry Reinsdorf has nothing to do with the Bulls' business anymore because he's the problem. He's always been the problem. Man, this guy is potentially Tony La Russa. I'm talking about A-Dub. He potentially has a World Series caliber team at his disposal, and I'm like, what are you doing, bro? All you gotta do is write the lineup, sit there in the fucking dugout, and just enjoy the show. Stand it away. That's simply put, Brad. And with Tony La
1: Russa, it just shows you, like you said, I wasn't a big fan of him being the manager of the team. I know a lot of fans didn't want him. We saw it on Twitter and all that stuff where the fans pretty much attacked that. But, yep. you know, it's like having him, man, is with this old school mentality with these young kids just don't really mix at all, really. It really doesn't. And I'm not surprised to see the backlash he might be getting from fans again from things he's done. And it's not going to end, for instance. I don't think it's going to end as long as he's the uh, manager of the team. I think we're going to hear more backlash, right, from fans and from team members and people who are watching the White Sox. Because right now, the White Sox are winning. They're a popular team right now. They're yep. doing their thing. A lot of young cats. And the only one that's ruining it right now, really, is it's... all the stuff
0: about Tony LaRusso. Yeah, and, and it's not even June yet, bro. We're already getting all this shit coming out. So we know there's going to be some other stuff coming down the pipeline, man, with this situation. So... I'm just telling you, Tony, public service announcement from the press. Stay out of the way, bro. Like when I was a kid, when my grandma used to be cooking up that food, man, she'd say, hey, go sit down somewhere now. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, go sit down somewhere, bro. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly, man. i will with the friends. Go sit down. Because right now, he got one of the easiest jobs right now in the league. He got a good young talent, man. Just enjoy the ride, brother. Enjoy it.
0: Speaking of someone that needs to go sit down as well, this Kwame Brown situation, and I'm not coming for Kwame, because I don't want no smoke with you, Kwame. <laughs> if you hear me on this podcast, bro, I love you, and I appreciate you, bro. I want no smoke. I'm going to tell you, hey, <laughs> your boy Steven Jackson, Matt Barnes, and Charlamagne the God, they all need to fucking sit down, because they've been taking L's all week, bro. Man, he's been coming at those guys
1: hard. I mean, I mean, he's he been coming raw, uncut, and uncensored. <laughs> Well, he been sprinkling that. Mama's cooking all over them fools. Yes, he has. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens, man, when you pick on somebody for 20 years and they've been quiet.
0: They can bounce back like this, man, and can come hard. But you know what, a And I'm sorry, listeners, but we're going to have some fun on this episode. This is the thing with, with this Kwame Brown situation. Now, Matt Barnes, Charlamagne the God, Stephen Jackson, bro, they all Hollywood as fuck to me. And I'm just going to say it like this. We know that they're controlled by our corporate interests and those damn right. executives, right? Stormy Brown, this dude, he's his own man. He's comfortable in his skin, and he hitting them dudes with straight facts. They are not addressing that. Everything that they talk about with this man, they talk about his basketball skills. Okay, fine. Y'all want to call this man a bust. But Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson, he hitting y'all with bars about your
1: own lives. Yeah, he's hitting them hard about their own lives. And now the thing, Perez, you hit about the part they call them a bust. This is just the A-Dub's perspective on this bust thing. I don't think a player that's been in the league 10 years or longer is really considered a bust to me. I get right. you talk about the standards of the position. They got drafted, probably being drafted number one. You're pretty much saying to the standards of the position, but uh, of when he got drafted. But overall, you ask me, someone lasts that long in the league. It can't quite be quite a bust, really, if you last that long in the league, really, you know, just from my standpoint, Chris. So I, I got a newfound respect for this word bust. And, like, I'm not going to just go across calling guys bust because there are other guys who got drafted high who didn't know last long as he did, right? And he's like, oh, was he a bust? So you got to think mm-hmm. about those things. Like, like think about Bennett, right? Bennett got drafted high. He's yep. not even playing right now. So are we making him the mockery, like we're making Kwame Brown? Probably not, right? So this guy's taking more heat than anyone as a former number one draft pick who didn't pan out as a top draft pick. Also Adam Morrison, but don't get me started on that. Exactly, exactly. These other top picks who got drafted. So and the thing is, Tyson Chandler was drafted, what, second after him? Did Tyson Chandler really have a great career being drafted number two? I mean he got a championship, but just think about that, press. Was he, was he solid. really, he was solid, right? Exactly. But you expect a number two, you're thinking like you're probably gonna get someone like a, you know, KD or something like that, right? True, who turns out to be, be a Hall of Fame type player, right? You expect those top guys so That's mm-hmm. what that's what you want. But there have been plenty of guys who've been drafted number one and two, who hasn't panned out <laughs> to be one of those guys. But back to your point about the smoke he's giving out, <laughs> hey man. <laughs>
0: Man, I think these guys earn that smoke. (laughs) Bro, I'm telling you. And this man told they podcast, he called them the No Smoke Podcast. I was like, damn. Look,
1: when he called, I got to say this for Becky with the good hair. I was like, (laughs) wow. (laughs) I was like, wow, this guy went all in,
0: all out. Yeah, yeah, he did. But I want to touch on something real quick before we get into the bear stuff on this episode. The thing that really, really resonated with me with this situation is Kwame Brown has sat back for 20 years and people have disrespected him. Like you said, they've called him a bust. They've yep. called this man out of his name. He said nothing, bro. But now the moment that he now starts to defend himself, now right. these guys want to play victim, bro, that just yep. weak. It's weak. And I'm not buying that victim thing
1: for these guys who are playing that role. Hey, you started it. Now this guy coming for you. So you get what you deserve in that matter. Just be careful what you say about people, you know? Because I think one thing that he hit on praise that I thought was very good was around being a fraternity as, as a basketball team. You Retired, you're part of fraternity in the NBA. And I hate when guys really diss other guys who are part of their fraternity. I
0: really do. And on top of that, I don't like when other brothers are out here disrespecting each other as well because we should not be calling each other bust. If, like to your point, A-Dub, this man played in the league for over 10 years, he made over $60 million in his career, bought his mama a house and was able to take care of his family. So if that's what they want to call a bust, then sign me up for that, bro. Exactly. You can put me down with the press. My thing is, they tore this man apart over his basketball career. He responded back with straight facts. And Kwame Brown gives nothing but respect for me, A-Dub, because I'm going to tell you, no one has disputed anything that he said, even to this point. The only thing that Charlamagne the God did was when they got a lawyer and it gave a cease and desist letter. And I'm sitting here like, so on your show, and this is for Charlemagne, this is for Stephen uh, Jackson, Stephen A. Smith, mm-hmm. all these cats. Matt Barnes, y'all got to keep that same energy, man. If y'all coming for people on your show when it's all fun and games and you over here kee and laughing at somebody's expense, well, guess what? Some people like Kwame Brown are real. And they will right. get you back. And he ain't going away, bro. He is oh, going to no. keep hitting them every single day. And they speak Exactly. Every time they say something
1: about him, he coming for him every time. So, but you're right, Perez. One thing I didn't know about him, though, in all the years I've seen Queen Brown, I've got to say this, man. I did not know he was this charismatic. I had no
0: idea. Me either, bro. <laughs> <man. laughs> he got my attention. I'm not going to lie to you. And it's another thing, too. This is something that I, I feel for these cats to have these big ass platforms. Instead of calling another brother a bust, instead of speaking down on another brother, yeah. Keep that same energy for the Chad Willers and the Brett Farms of the world. That's, that's what I want y'all to do.
1: That's yeah. the thing
0: that bothers me, A-Dub. Yep. I'm with you, Press. You got to be consistent.
1: You know? I mean, we shouldn't be looking at the brother. We should look at everyone if you're going to talk about every, one person. Talk about all if you're going to do that. Be consistent. Don't just pick out certain guys to really label and, and talk about. And I think they have actually labeled him that way and been talking about him for so long. So I'm with
0: you, Press. Shout out to my boy, Kwame Brown. He ain't playing with y'all. Y'all better leave this man alone and put some respect on his name. <laughs> yes, sir. Giving us all that mama's cooking, Kwame. Keep that shit coming, bro. I've been loving them videos. Keep them coming, bro. <laughs> I tell you, man, I love those videos too. They've been, they've I mean, I've been engaged. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of some other shit that's going on this week, you see the stuff that's going on with uh, with Darnell Mooney and these DBs in the league getting sensitive with the Bears fan base. So first you mm. had. You had Jalen Ramsey that was taking shots at the fan base because he couldn't take that smoke from your boy Darnell Mooney. We know from last season, Darnell Mooney cooked him on that route. Nick Foles couldn't get him the ball, though, but hell of a route. He beat Jalen Ramsey on a double move. We all know that. But now, Bears fans, shout out to y'all because y'all got in this man's head so much that he had to start posting on fucking social media that he's got week one circled on his schedule. And he's ready for that matchup against Darnell Mooney. And I'm sitting here, you focusing a lot of energy on somebody that you tried to diss and say he's only our uh, wide receiver two. Well, right. Why you got a post about him already? And he, we we ain't even in training camp of OTAs, bro. You already talking about our boy Darnell Mooney?
1: <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is. And I get it. I totally get it, Perez. I get it. You know, you want to be a competitor. I understand all that. Yeah, hey, I'm not even. Look, I'm gonna call him Sweet Rams. That's what I'm gonna call him right now because. <laughs> He came with the Bears Nation, you know, and the Bears Nation did clap back, right? We really did. Yep. But I want to tell him this here, to Sweet Ramsey, he has been weighed, he has been measured, and he has been found wanting. Ooh. The thing is, my boy gonna cook him. Talk to him. My boy is gonna cook him, man. You already saw that play, first. You pointed out already that route that uh, Mooney really got him on. I call it the sub zero, man, because guess what? Ramsey was frozen. Woo! He was frozen. Remember when Gary Payton, when uh, Jason Williams crossed over Gary Payton, I you know, and that. froze him up? Yep. That's what that looked like <laughs> when Money Moon froze him. You know what I'm saying?
0: Hey, he was a quicksand, A-dub.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Froze the hell out of him. So guess what, Sweet Ramsey? You already been waved, man. You've been measured. You've been found wanting. Guess what? Round two coming again. You circled that day, get game one. We're going to circle it, too. That's Money right. Moon already got you, baby. We coming. We coming. And this time, we coming to score,
0: man. The bank is going to be open, baby. Okay, talk that talk, A.W. because guess what? There's going to be no Darnell Mooney slander accepted by this fan base and especially by this damn podcast. So, Jalen Ramsey, we walk the smoke, baby. And telling you one thing, you better not let Darnell Mooney get another fucking route off on you because you are not going to hear the end of that, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. I'm looking
1: forward to this game. I'm really am. I'm really am. I, really I want to see every play. Every single play
0: with you covering my boy, Darnell Mooney, a.k.a. Money Moon, baby. And let's think about this, too. Now, he all, in his feelings, and distracted by Darnell Mooney, you better not keep your eye off for Allen Robinson because that's the thing, too, because A-Rob going to eat, too. You know what, Jalen Ramsey? Stay in that playbook, bro, and stay off of Twitter because Twitter and Instagram, we just going to keep coming for you, man, because we already see your mindset. So stay off the internet. Because as we get closer and closer to week one, I know the Bears Nation going to start cooking him even more, a They're going to start cooking him even more. Yep, exactly. And my boy Darnell Mooney going to live right re- re- free in your head, dude.
1: Woo! Up until that Woo! game star. <laughs> got him shook already. And Darnell Mooney ain't said one word. Nothing. Nothing. Don't, Nothing. don't need to at this point.
0: We got you. We got, we got this money, Moon. We got this. Just do your thing, brother. We, we got this. Yep. And then... You had Darnell Savage from the Packers. So now we got another DB that Mooney cooked. Then he took another shot at, at the fan base and said that the Bears fans are, are, are you know, basically kind of like we're, 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 we're trash. And I'm sitting here like, I know Darnell Savage ain't talking. Fake Darnell. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, you ain't talking. I'm like, because my boy Money Moon got one off on you, son. That deep pass that, he, that Mitch actually connected on, which should have been a touchdown, but Mooney had to go up and, and come back and grab it. But guess what? I know he ain't talking. He should have kept his mouth closed from the start because he was already weighed, <laughs> measured, and found wanting <laughs> Hey, you want it again? You can get it again. And we already know. We got we got you twice on the calendar, savage. You ain't no savage. Get your ass out of here. Man, ain't, ain't nothing savage about re- you. <laughs> and this is the thing. Darnell Mooney is out here being dads to these cats. Jalen Ramsey, Darnell Savage, y'all his sons. And he about to sum both of y'all this season. So get ready. Serve them up. Serve them up. I like the little trash talking in the offseason. It's cute. But guess what? There's consequences to that on the field. Like I said, Darnell Mooney ain't saying a lot. Those are the guys that we've learned. If we've learned anything this week, the guys that talk a lot of shit, them the ones that kind of will go back into a corner somewhere when shit gets real. Well, Now, we've seen that with that Call Me Brown situation that we talked about. Call Me Brown right. been quiet this whole time. Then when he starts to talk, everybody's like, oh, I didn't know this side of him existed. Well, guess what? My grandma always said, you never underestimate the quiet people because they are sitting back, they strategizing, and them people are dangerous. And I'm telling Very you. Very dangerous. Darnell Mooney, y'all going to put some respect on his name this season. That's all I'm going to say. Y'all going to put some respect on his name. I don't wear prayers, man. Put some respect, baby. Yes, sir. When I saw all the stuff that was going on this week, A-Dub, I said, ooh, this is going to be a fun show. We got a lot to talk about. And Darnell Savage, Jalen Ramsey, y'all better get ready. Because it ain't just Mooney you got to worry about. This offense is locked and loaded. And when David Montgomery come out of that backfield, you better not shy away from that contact because David Montgomery going to be ready to lower that shoulder and you better be ready, because he wants to smoke. We want to
1: smoke with all you. I'm with Perez. We want to smoke. And like you said, Perez, we're not, you're basically saying, we're not the same team we were last year offensively. So these guys better watch out. All this talking, all that chirping, hey, this like you said, Perez, there's consequence to that. These guys putting an X on their backs. We're all good. We just, we just wide doing our thing, right? Putting the work in, getting ready, getting prepared. They don't want to say, look, all the talkers, they got to show up and execute. Because guess what? All that talking you're doing.
0: It can backfire on you. And guess what? It's not going to be pretty for Bears Nation. We can't mention. They ain't going to be pretty. No, you already know. When Bears Twitter unites, when Bears Nation unites, that shit is a beautiful thing. And we saw that shit happen this week. I was kind of over here smiling about it. And all it took was a couple of cats that started chirping at our bro Mooney. Week one is going to be fucking, I can't wait. I'm already fucking excited for the season to start. I can't wait. I'm pumped, Chris. I'm telling tell you right now. The first time I saw those tweets, I said, I'm
1: pumped up already. Season have not started yet. It's a few months away. Here we are. <laughs> already.
0: <laughs> got me pumped up for football, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So some other news from the week, I, and I'm sure you probably saw this, but the Bears picked up some more offensive of line depth. We signed up uh, Adam Redman, got him from the Cowboys. What you yep. think there, man? Because when I saw that move, I said, as yeah, is probably depth and maybe some potential competition to center to push Mustafer, but I'm sure Mustafer's is probably still going to be that guy's center. But what did you think when you saw that signing, bro? I thought
1: that was pretty cool, man. I think Adam, what played, um, guard as well. Guard center kind of played yep. both, both positions. So I thought that's cool. Prez. The thing is I like the fact that the bears are focusing really on the offensive line. Right. And that just shows you that they're really taking things consideration for Justin Fields to say, at least have people on a, on a radar or who can come in and can help. And, um, have has some sustainability there to where we're not looking for our quarterback to get hurt. So I like that idea, and I want them to continue to focus in on that part because that's going to be huge. you got a franchise quarterback we see waiting in line. You want to make sure that he's good, you know, on that field. So continue to focus on, get guys you think are possibly help, add to depth, whatever it may be. I'm all for it, Perez. You never know what might happen during the season. Like you and I talked about due to injuries and things of that nature. You just never know. No, and that's a fair
0: point because you and I both have talked about the offensive line being potentially a position that we need to keep an eye on. So yep. obviously the interior of the line, we feel like we're pretty strong there with white-haired Mustafa and James Daniels coming back. And right. we talked about it on the show. Big James was the best old lineman we had before he got hurt. So I agree. A Assigning like Redman to me, you can't have enough versatility on the offensive line because like A-Dub mentioned, this guy is a center guard. So you can't have enough people like that to have that type of interchangeable ability because what if there is an injury? Now you got a guy like this that can come off the bench and step in and help out, whichever way it goes. You have Alex Bars, who's another guy that's versatile, that can come off the bench and and, and fill in in multiple positions on that offensive line. So you can never have enough guys like that that can kind of focus in on those utility-type roles. Right. It it was lesson learned for us, Pres, last season that we saw, right, all the
1: shaking up we did from offensive line Mm -hmm. standpoint. That was a lesson learned, like, whoa, we got to focus in on this coming forward. And I think we're doing a good job by trying to do that now. So I I applaud, you
0: know, pacing those guys for actually taking this into consideration. Now, one thing, though, we we, we still don't know what we got to tackle. Now, Tevin Jenkins, we all know this guy is probably going to be the goods, but this is going to be a rookie starting to left tackle in the NFL. So that's something that we need to be keeping an eye out on. And then we have Jermaine Effetti at right tackle, who he was okay last year, right? Right, So right. We just got to think about the tackle situation, and we really got to make sure that that interior line, maybe those guys can maybe help those tackles out a little bit, you know, because this is going to be a long season. And if we get to the point where Justin Fields is even in the conversation to be our starter, that offensive line's got to be ready to go. We have to be able to protect Justin Fields if he's that number one. And shit, even Andy Dalton, if it comes to that as well, but most importantly, we got to be able to protect the quarterback's blind side.
1: I agree with you, Perez. That's can help prevent a lot of injuries, man, moving forward. So you're right, man. We've got to help protect our quarterback, and I'm glad that we're looking into that area, man, of, of, um, to making sure that we shore that up. And you're right, those tackles, they're going to they're gonna have our attention pretty much all season to see how they progress. I know uh, Jermaine, <laughs> we got the extra money. I know he's happy about that. And I'm hoping to see um, some improvement on the field. I know he did okay last year. We're hoping he can take it to the next level this coming season. And like I said, Jenkins, we're looking at you too, brother. We want to see what you can do. And hopefully you show some growth at that um, position
0: as well. Yep. Did you see this week uh, that the Bears, they actually canceled um, the first wave of OTAs that were going to be held uh, May 25th and the 27th? Yeah, I saw that, man. Yeah, yeah. So. For me, that was something that was worth kind of monitoring because they had some voluntary stuff from this past week. And they said, what, about 80% of the players actually showed up to it? Yep. So I'm going to just put this out here, man. With the whole COVID 19 being out there, we don't know what players have been vaccinated. We don't know what the situation is there. I was surprised, man, because they said a majority of the offense showed up for some of the voluntary stuff, AW, but this is stuff that is going to be interesting to see with guys if they're going to decide to show up for some of these quote-unquote voluntary optional type of uh, activities?
1: Yeah, man, it's going to be very interesting. I've I heard, you know, the NFLPA has been, you know, encouraging or not encouraging people to um, show up to these things here. That's yep, yep. voluntary workouts. And they play a part in the right to why people are not showing up. But it's been, like I said, it's been very interesting to see that those guys who did show up decided to get the work in, get the extra work in and trying to get better despite what the NFLPA have said and what others may have said about things. But you're right, COVID is around, Prez, still around. And, and I understand people are trying to be cautious and protect themselves. But I do salute those guys who have to show up. And from what I've heard, what we've seen, Prez, no one has actually come out to have actually got COVID or anything like that from coming up to these uh, for showing up. But I do understand that the NFLPA is worried about not only the COVID thing, but possibly worried about the fact of the of the extended schedule, right? We're now having 17 games yep. and want to make sure people doesn't get hurt and all that stuff. So there, there are multiple factors with that, I will say. But I salute to those guys who were able to show up and able to do it, and put the work in. So, I, I mean, I, I applaud both sides, really, No, you know, those who didn't do
0: it versus those who did do it. Yeah, and uh, also another thing to keep in mind, because, I mean, you brought up really good points there. I think that the Players Association on, on the surface, yeah, they're thinking about the players and their safety. But right. one thing that I – I'm kind of concerned about with them encouraging players to stay away and kind of work out on their own is we're seeing guys that are getting injured, practicing and working out on their own. So in those situations, where if a player gets injured away from the facility, you're now at potential risk of having escalators and incentives and signing bonuses and roster bonuses be avoided. So right. they also got to think about it from that standpoint as well, when you're encouraging players not to show up. That's a very good
1: point, Perez. Very good point. And you rather have someone on your clock than not on your clock, right, who gets hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because, again, that, that's because you, you expect them as, a, as an organization to have the best of the best, right? The best facilities, the best out trainers, everything else. So you may want to have them working with you, then doing their own thing that could cause them to get hurt. So I would prefer them to work
0: with the organization than go these season workouts on their own. The one thing, too, I want our listeners just, I want to make sure you guys kind of understand what we're, we're mentioning when we're talking about some of those workouts, the voluntary ones that that took place. So they were mostly virtual meetings, strength and conditioning work, and they did some on-field work, but they called it at a teacher's pace. So right. pretty much like probably a glorified walkthrough, you know. When we look at that, though, and what kind of took place, this is going to be a very uncertain offseason. We don't even know what the hell's getting ready to happen with this thing. And I salute the Bears, though, because they realized, hey, you know, our team submitted a letter <laughs> letting us know that there was going to be certain things that they weren't going to show up to. So the Bears got in front of it and said, you know what? We're going to cancel some of this stuff. So that way, we're going to keep you guys safe. And we kind of heard what you guys, uh, your concerns that you have. Absolutely.
1: And I'm glad. that To me, that's that's just listening to your players and understanding what your players are at at this point and doing something about it. So I, I salute the Bears, man, just for, for acknowledging those things and, and
0: working through it. So, audience, the OTAs for this team start June 1st. So that's going to be the first chance that we're going to get to be able to see a lot of what this team is all about. And then minicamp is going to be June 15th through the 17th. And the training camp is going to be late July. So just to kind of give you guys a snapshot of what's coming down the pipeline, with the Bears and their off-season training program. One thing that I wanted to get into with you, A-Dub, before we get into the nuts and bolts of the episode is we got to talk some Justin Fields. So yes, sir. Matt, Matt Nagy was asked, on he did a talk radio tour this past week, and he discussed a lot of different topics, A-Dub, and obviously Justin Fields' name came up, Anthony Miller's name came up, a lot of different things came up. But he clarified in some of his interviews this week is the fact that Andy Dalton is going to be the starting quarterback and he's going to take reps at the one. And then he also said he feels that all three of the quarterbacks that they have, he feels like he understands and knows how to fit their strips and mold them within the office. But what are your thoughts there on some of those comments from Matt Nagy? Cause he had a lot to say about that quarterback position uh, from this past week.
1: I'll start first with the Andy Dalton thing. I know we all talked about, hey, Justin Fields, you know he's doing great so far and so good. Let him be the starter. I'm not against Nagy on this thought process of wanting to have Eddie Dalton start the year up. I totally get it. Been a lot of noise about Justin Fields, and he wanted to put some of it to rest and probably take some pressure off Fields, right, in a way. Unless let's just focus on what we actually going to do. And I think with the fact that he shared with Eddie Dalton, he's going to be the one that's going to start. All those sort of things. Now he's just going to follow through with it right now. So for me, clearing the airway with everyone who's been coming out saying, hey, Justin Fields, Justin Fields. Let's just, hey, put it all the rest. Let's just focus on what we're going to focus on. And I think maybe uh, with this enough time that Nagy had with these guys over the year and and now to where we are right now, seeing Justin Fields, maybe he's getting a good grasp of how you want to work towards these guys' strength just in case anything may happen down the road. You don't know, right, what's going to happen during the season. So being
0: prepared is better than not being prepared at all. So at least he has a good idea, a good sense of what he's thinking at this point. Yeah, and one thing, too, A-Dub, that he mentioned that really resonated with me was he said for all three of those quarterbacks— he said that they're going to adapt to what they do best. And that's one of my knocks against Nagy because I don't feel that he's always done that in the past. We yep. saw that with Mitch where he didn't call plays that suited Mitch's stretch, right? And I'm not going to get into that aspect of things with the quarterback, but what I'm saying here is when you have an Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton's been in a lot of different offenses, right? Justin Fields is a rookie quarterback. Nick Foles is Nick Foles. But there were situations last season where Nagy was calling plays that had no chance of being successful. But in this interview that he did this week, he said, Hey, if there's concepts out there, if guys don't like or feel good with something that we're running in this office, then he said, we're going to get rid of it. And that to me was really encouraging. Yeah. That, Perez, you hit a good point, man. That is definitely encouraging. You remember last
1: year, how players were talking about the plays they did in practice, right? And then in the game. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he's thinking now that he made some mistakes, right? And matter of fact, he basically owned up to some of his mistakes without actually saying he made mistakes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So really, it shows that you're right. That's a change in him. And the other thing I'm looking at as well is that even though Bill Lazer's probably not going to call the plays moving forward and Aggie's going to do that, it looks like he's probably going to um, take some things from Bill Lazer, right? I like that idea, you know, uh, what he's trying to do here. That's what you like, that's what you wanted to hear about, and that's what we wanted to encourage as well. So set these guys up for success versus failure and try to imprint
0: what you want to get done versus what needs to be done to help the team succeed. Now, I also brought up another name, A-Dub, and this is somebody we've talked about a few times this offseason, Anthony Miller. So Matt Nagy also, in this interview, said that they've had some really good discussions with Anthony Miller, and he said that they've been really impactful, productive, and he said that Anthony Miller has done everything that the team has asked him to do. And he also said that he's one of the most competitive players that he's ever been around, and it seems like Matt Nagy basically wants to give this kid a last chance. So what what do you think there on those comments from Matt Nagy on one Anthony Miller? Oh, first of all, I'm happy to hear it. But to me, I want to see what it's going to look like
1: on the field. (laughs) Um, Hearing this one thing, seeing what it does on the field is another thing, right? So I'm glad he's putting the work in, right? The thing is, I'm testing to see how he's going to do mentally, right? Is he mentally, right. is mentally going to be in the game still? I, I like the competitive nature in any player, really, Press. I don't question anyone's competitive nature. What I want to see is that can all this stuff convert to the field? Can you be part of this organization to where you can help out Darnell Mooney and help out A. Robb. You, know? you can help these guys out be successful in the field? That'd be great. And I think Nagy is pretty much hitting that with that. Hey, I want to try to put you in positions to where you can be successful as well. So if it all clicks, it works out, Press, that's good for us. But I'm glad that. Maggie saw that this guy was inconsistent last year and wanted to put a word in his ear as well and say, hey, let's work on this and see if we can make some things happen greatly this coming season. You
0: and I both have talked about this so many times on the show. Talent isn't an issue with Anthony Miller. We know that. But he's got every tool in his toolkit to be a really good player in the NFL. But the big thing that A-Dub mentioned in his talk there is the mental side of the game is where Anthony Miller kind of struggles. Now, we've seen it where it could be running the wrong route or just running bad routes. But then we've also seen on the other side of the situation, him running a good route and being open, right? But attention to detail. That's the thing with Anthony Miller that we have to clean up. And I hope that he cleans up because the kid has so much talent. And I'm telling you this, A-Dub, our offense will be next level if we get him playing up to his capabilities. Absolutely. And I think sometimes coming
1: around with just the reads as well, too, Perez, like you said, part of preparation, part yeah. of it, getting open, knowing where to be on the field. There are times, like, man, you're not even where you need to be for a guy to make a good pass to you. So mm-hmm. I think all those things add to it. You know, that part, that the cerebral part of the game, right? That I think if he continues to get better with that part of it, I think he'll be very good. And I think you're right, Perez, the talent-wise is definitely
0: there. For sure. For sure. So we we talked a little bit about Dalton basically being the guy that we're gonna probably see getting those first team reps. Nagy doubled down on that, saying that Andy's the starter. So that doesn't come as a surprise to any of us. But we know that Nagy has to have some sort of a detailed plan for developing Justin Fields. So I wondered, okay, Nagy, what does Justin Fields have to do to basically show you that he is his time? Because he's always said that when it's time, we'll all know. So Nagy then went in and said. In order for Justin to earn the starting job, A-Dub, they say he has to improve in speeding up his first wide and post-snap vision, breaking the huddle and reading the defense. So that's kind of something that is already seems that Nagy's letting him know, these are the things that we're watching for you. These are the things that we want you to make sure that you're doing. And those are things that I talked about in some of our draft coverage when it came to Justin Fields. We know he has the talent. We know that this guy passes the eye test. But just those little details of the NFL that Andy Dalton, as a veteran, we, pr- we feel pretty confident that he can do these things. So these are things that, that Justin Fields is going to have to clean up going forward. No, Press, I'm with you right there. I'm totally with you. What Nag is focusing on with them
1: on is really around the small details. That definitely matters. That makes a difference between, hey, getting off a good snap versus the bad snap, right? And also being able to have that vision as well to know what you're dealing with. So I, I applaud Nagy for actually putting a blueprint out there of what the, what it is that they're working on, right, to help this guy get better. And I think once he gets ready, like Nagy said, we'll, we'll probably know. So I like the idea that he already put out there to Fields what it is that he wants him to work on and where he wants him to get better at.
0: No, no, and, I, and that's a good point, man. And the one thing that I think is going to be really good for whether it's Justin Fields or Andy Dalton is the fact that they're going to go up against this Bears defense in training camp. He's only going to get better from that. That's going to be a hell of an experience with him taking snaps, with a Khalil Mack basically rushing him, and then going up against the Bears secondary that I think is pretty solid as well. So it's going to be a really good opportunity for him to get some live drills going with a really good defense. Exactly. And that, that, that can only help this guy get better, Perez. really can. And one of the things that we, we really heard from not only the coaches, but we heard from the, the Bears beat writers when it came to Justin Fields' they talked about how impressive he was with those two practices in rookie minicamp. And we know that he's only going to continue to probably get really rave reviews in OTAs and, and probably in training camp. Right, And it's going to be very tough on his coaching staff to keep this kid on the bench. I mean, you're going to have the fan base that's going to be pushing for it. You're going to have probably people in that locker room that's going to probably be ready for the Justin Fields era to begin. And we already know there's going to be a lot about this kid that we're all going to be excited about. I mean, the athleticism, we talked about that, the toughness, his leadership, but then that big-ass arm that he has. The guy throws that thing with a hell of a lot of confidence, love throwing the deep ball. So it's going to be easy for us to fall in love with this kid over and over again every time we see him out there on the field. Oh, yeah, Prince.
1: T- the talent that you all mentioned to, Fred, that you just hit us with, all that stuff definitely is going to be exciting to watch, man. And I'm looking forward to that part of him getting an opportunity to do so. But I think he's going to put so much pressure on Andy Dalton that I don't think now are going to have a choice, really, but to put Fields out there at some point. And the thing is, Andy Dalton can't have any flaws coming into the season, really. He's yeah. gotta, he got to be sharp. He got to play his butt off. And if he's showing any, t- any signs of slipping off, we'd rather deal with Fields than deal with him. <laughs> I'm just going to call it like that. But I like the fact they said he's going to start Andy Dalton. Do what you got to do. And the thing about Fields, friends, the guy's a quick learner. And mm-hmm. And he's also one of those kids who put the work in for When the cameras are off, this kid is working and that's the most important thing I like about him.
0: Yeah. He ain't about a lot of talking, man. And that, and that's another thing that I like about him, man. He just wants to play. He wants to win. And he's not worried about the extra shit. So, I mean, that, that right there, that's what you want in a quarterback, blocking out the outside noise, not worried about what other people are saying or doing, he's just focusing on what he needs to do to get better. And, Earlier in this episode, we talked about the fact of Darnell Mooney making those big plays in the office last year or making those or chances that he could have probably even made more plays. But when we talk about adjust the fields, the biggest thing that they say about him is his deep ball accuracy. Right. 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 And then Andy Dalton also throws a pretty decent deep ball. And that right there, whichever way it goes with the quarterback position, that's going to add a lot to this office because you have receivers on this team that could get open deep. Mooney, Goodwin, Jameer Bird, and then the guy that we've raved about, Daz Newsom. So these guys will all benefit from quarterbacks that have deep ball accuracy. that can get them the ball and stride, and we can see some more explosive plays on offense, a Doug. Exactly, his And that's the one thing you like about both quarterbacks, of being
1: able to throw that ball alone. And if you you got those guys who can do it, and they can do it with accuracy, that's what you're looking for. The thing is, we're going to see how accurate Andy Dog can be and still is. You know, that's what we're hoping for, right? For him to still show that part of it. Because that's part of what it would help him make Sammy's job, if anything else. If he shows that he can't make that deep ball, man, they did in the past, that's probably going to cause, you know, us to think about, hey, maybe we need to put a plug on Andy Dalton if he can't do those things. And again, he's older too. He's not like he's a young guy that he once was, you know? So you got to look to take all these things in consideration of how much Andy Dalton really has left in the tank and how fast Fields is actually growing at the same time. So those things are going to
0: possibly meet at some point in the season. One thing too I want people to think about this when it comes to Justin Fields. So some people asked him, A-Dub, about the Bears' offense. And he basically said that it just comes down to the terminology that the teams in the NFL use. So he said just getting used to the play calls is going to be something that he's going to be working and focusing on. But it also seems like he's not really phased by, you know, the NFL offense. He feels very confident about the fact that he'll be able to, to pick it up. And he even said he thinks that it's kind of the same office that he ran when he was in Ohio State. Yeah, that was very interesting to hear from Justin Fields because, like, this guy catches some of the
1: things very quickly, Prez. He says, it was, like you said, it wasn't much different than what it was uh, when he was playing in college. That's good for us, you know. But the thing is, this kid is, seems to be ready, poised for all that stuff, man, that related to playbooks and things of that nature. And the thing is, we heard about Nagy having a very tough, complicated playbook in the past, right? Yep. Like, whoa. So the fact that this kid looking at it like, oh, that's nothing, I'm just used to it, I'll be fine. It's like, whoa, that's good to hear because I saw foes that we saw last year for his, and his <laughs> on his wrist over and over again trying to figure out what the hell is going on, what play was being called. <laughs> We're good. That's good to hear, man. I'm happy for him. And I hope
0: that, um, again, we won't have those issues with him when it comes out to plays. Yep. And I mean, and to that point, I think what he was mostly saying is, hey, I think I'll be good here. He said, the only thing that's going to be different for me is actually getting in the huddle and calling the playout. So that's going to be different because when he was at Ohio State, they did a lot of signals from the sideline. So I think that's yeah. going to be kind of different for him uh, going into the league. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's,
1: that's, that's a good call out too, for his because if he can catch on to that and, and uh, do well with that part of it, this is what minor tweaks, right? I think that'll help this guy out with some minor tweaks, get used to that, those things. I think that comes with time as well, just have an opportunity to play. I think he'll pick that up stuff, that's his stuff up very fast.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, man. But let's segue over into our nuts and bolts of the episode, our players to watch in 2021. So, of course, you can't have a players to watch list. We're not including Justin Fields. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, he's going to be number one on our list that we're going to discuss a dub. So, not to repeat much of what we said already on this kid, but I've just been really impressed by the way he's conducted himself, you know, spoke about, you know, the way his teammates even spoke about him, A-Dub. It just kind of shows that he's got that potential to be that leader on offense that we need and we haven't really had going forward. But just wanted to get your thoughts on, so, uh, from Justin Fields, from a standpoint of some things that we haven't spoken about already. I think the one thing I'm looking forward to seeing, Fred,
1: is his demeanor on the side. He's on the, on the side watching Andy Dalton play. What is he doing? You know, what are the things he's learning? What is he picking up? What he's saying he can do differently, all those kinds of things. I'm looking forward to seeing um, him on the sideline, how he's talking with other players, right? I'm looking for all those different things when he's when he's not playing. So those things I'm really looking to because he's going to be still still going to be a topic of discussion even when I'm not playing. So I'm looking for that camaraderie, how he's building that, how he's talking to Andy Dalton, how he's talking to Montgomery, the wide receivers, you know, Mooney, uh, Money Moon. Hey, Rob, those kind of things I'm looking forward to seeing from him um, as he go along. Because right now, like you say, he got the leadership skills. I want to see some of those things, what they look like when he's not actually playing.
0: Oh, that's totally fair. Um, it'd be really interesting to see the things that he's doing when he's not on the field, right? What are some of those habits, whether it's, uh, you know, in the playbook or whether it's just him, you know, learning from a Foles or learning from a Dalton and things that they're doing. So that'll be really worth watching. The one extra thing that I was going to add here, A-Dub, is Fields, we already know that he hears a lot of the chatter that's going on out there. And so one of the things that I talked about a few weeks ago was the fact that Ohio State quarterbacks, we know that they haven't really had much of a successful track record in the NFL. And he's hearing that, right? But he also is hearing how desperate this fan base has been for a star quarterback. So you got to think about the type of pressure that's going to be coming under this kid to not only prove the skeptics wrong, but it also to step into these huge expectations that this fan base has for him. But I'll tell you what they end up. I think this kid's ready and I think he's built for it. No, I'm
1: totally with you, Perez. I think he wants all this. Um, I think he's ready for it. And I think he's preparing himself for it. And you can't take that away from this guy. I mean, even the way he sounds doing his interviews, Perez. It's like it doesn't bother him, man. The the, the limelights and all that stuff doesn't matter to him. This kid is showing us that, hey, he's doing all the right things, saying all the right things, and he's actually showing us all the things he's looking to do to get better. So to me, I'm happy for him, and I'm looking forward to seeing him play when he gets his chance. But all all the other stuff he's doing, Perez, right now, to get get himself ready,
0: it's just showing us a lot. Yeah, and I'm telling you, audience, we're going to be talking about this kid a ton this summer on this show and probably this season as well. So... Just get ready for it. I'm telling you, it's going to be a lot of Justin Fields talk on this podcast. So get used to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the next player, A-Dub, I want to get your thoughts on was David Montgomery. Because for me, I think he's going to be a centerpiece of this offense that we need to definitely make sure that we utilize more effectively. But I think he's got the potential to have a career breakout season in 2021. But I want to get your thoughts on David Montgomery. You know, I'm looking forward
1: to seeing Prince, when it comes down David Montgomery. I'm looking forward to seeing him. I'm looking forward to seeing him in the passing game. You know, I know that, um, I know we got three Cohen, right? He's going to be part of that part of it. But I want to see how many catches he got out the backfield. So I think this guy's going to do well with the ball when he's running, but also going to see he's going to be part of the offense and get him involved. I think he can be a factor in those things. So I'm looking just forward just to seeing him, like I said, get involved in that part of the offense. I think he's going to have a much better game than he had last year. I think the line, offensive line is going to give him a boost. And if he get any kind of help from that offensive line, I'm telling you, Perez, this guy's going to run. I mean, he's going to have some opportunities to um, have a career here better than he had last season. Nagy probably going to incorporate him more into the offense than what we did last season.
0: Yeah. I mean, we, we have to be honest with ourselves and admit that the offensive line and the quarterback play the last couple of seasons is a reason why Montgomery's uh, impact wasn't as, as big as it could have been. But, the thing about Montgomery that I really love and we talk about so much on this show is that he's a hard runner and he imposes his will on these opposing defenses. And there were only a few opportunities last season for him to really show the impact that he can make. And I'm really hoping that with improve offensive line play, a dub better play calling by Nagy. Right. And also the fact that you're going to have a, a quarterback that can open the field up, so that allows David Montgomery to have an opportunity to eat out there. So I'm telling you, the drafting of a Tevin Jenkins, having a guy like that on the offensive line that Montgomery can potentially run behind, that bodes well for the kid's success. And I'm really excited to see what he's going to do in this offense. Adub. Yeah, another thing I want to add to that press what you mentioned right
1: there. You're right. I think if we can continue to extend drives, that actually opens up more opportunities for Montgomery as well. Which yes, Like you said, the quarterback play was huge last season, to where we couldn't extend drives. A lot of three and outs, right? That don't mm-hmm. help. So if you don't get any more running opportunities, when you're always three and out, so
0: I think with him, we extend the drives, extend the plays, that gives Montgomery more opportunities to run the football. One point that you made that I want to make sure that our listeners really listen to was the fact that you see opportunities for David Montgomery to impact the passing game aspect of things, and I would say that that's going to be the part of his game that we're going to see evolve, I think, this season because that's really going to show his dominant side if he's going to be able to have more of that dual threat type of ability because that's valued in this offense. So I think that is a really important point. Especially with this tackling breaking ability, right? <laughs> that's going to be interesting. Yeah, with the way that he breaks tackles, yeah, I agree with that 100%, 100%. You brought up the guy's name, so I'm, I'm just going to say it. Tariq Cohen. He's going to be my next player to watch, A-Dub. And I will say this, and, and and I hope that Tariq Cohen is doing well. I know he and his family have suffered a recent loss. Our prayers are still with you, Tariq. But Tariq is coming off of an um, ACL injury last year, A-Dub. And we missed having his component in this offense. Our offense took a step back when Tariq Cohen got hurt. But this guy right here, to me, is going to be a really key person going into 2021. Want to get your thoughts on Tariq Cohen, brother. I'm looking forward to seeing him play for
1: us, I want to see how he looks really. I really want to see real time, how this guy looks in a real game. And like you said, he was dynamic for us when he did play. I think a guy like him, very good in the passing game. And I think that opens up things for, you know, um, it's another weapon, right? You got to defend that guy. So what that does, it puts a lot of pressure on the defense. And I think having him now showing that versatility to where he's actually, you know, out there making catches that's going to change the game for us, man. And then you also can put him in punt return as well, so special teams. And I think that helps too. So I like the idea of having him you know, um, out there and just seeing what he's able to do. And
0: I'm hoping he looks just as good as he was before the injury. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I spoke about this last week in, this, in the fact that I think that Tariq Cohen, we, we're we going to probably see him in the slot uh, lined up a lot more. I really uh-huh. hope that Nagy is a little creative in how he uses Tariq Cohen because that's just another weapon that's going to be tough for an opposing defense to be able to prepare for. But I think getting him out there and using him as a receiver, that's only going to help Justin Fields or Andy Dalton with having a guy like that that you can get the ball to that can make plays. And telling you one thing about Tariq Cohen. You know that explosiveness is probably going to fucking be even better when he coming back from these injuries because these players bounce back from these ACL injuries so quick. Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to that, Perez, because that, that's a lot of pressure on those opposing
1: defenses, man, when you got him out there. And he was a weapon. Like I said before, he's a weapon out there. Uh, it takes a lot of pressure off uh, Money Moon and A Rob as well. And it just focuses on the fact that they get to play
0: one on one, hopefully. So I think that add another element to it. Yeah. And I really hope that we see him in that slot a ton because the year that, that Tariq Cohen had where he was getting all those receptions, he had a 12 reception game and 140 yards. I mean, that's the type of ability he has if we target him the way that we should. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what Tariq Cohen brings back to this offense in 2021 do. I'm with the press. I'm with the brother. All right. Another name that we brought up earlier in the show, Anthony Miller. He's another player that I have to watch. Now <laughs> we've, we've talked a lot about him in the past. I've called him can't get right. And I know listeners are probably like, man, dude, he did that dumbass shit. Punching uh, Gardner Johnson in the game and getting kicked out. I get it, guys. But I'm going to tell you one thing. Bears obviously had this guy on the trading block. There wasn't much interest in a team giving up any draft capital. So when a guy is talented, I don't think you release a guy like that without getting anything back in return. You don't trade a guy like that and not get anything for him. So what's the alternative? The alternative is give the guy a final chance here and let's see what we got. But A-Dub, what are your thoughts on him entering this 2021 season? Well, the good thing about this
1: year is he has a chip on his shoulder, right? He knows he was on the trading blocks as well. Um, I'm quite sure he knows that. I think now it's like, hey, it's time for you to put up and show what, what you can do. I think now it's time to come in, determine, and willing to put the time in and willing to show that on the field. So now you get your chance. You get another chance, another shot at it. You already talked to Nagy already. So I'm looking forward to see him picking his spots, right, Perez, better than what he did last year. I think all these things here is going to add up to help him. But the thing is, he's on our watch list, right? To see, is he going to maintain consistency? Is he going to make those catches that he need to make, right? And I think that's what's going to be part of this whole game with him. Can he do these things? So I'm looking forward to watching him play. I hope he got his mind right. I hope he's there mentally. But mm-hmm. most importantly, he has to produce. And this
0: is his chance to do so. Yep. And one of the things that we've talked about in the past when it came to this wide receiver room, A-Dub, is the fact that they've added so much competition this offseason. Yep, and, and so he's got to have a chip on his shoulder. I would. I mean, they're bringing guys in here to replace you, so right. they're sending a message to you. And so my thing is, I'm hoping that that's setting all type of lighting all type of fires underneath him, man. Because me too. Dude, this is fourth year in the league, bro. It's time to show us what you got, Anthony. What's up, bro? And this is it right here, Brad. As you asked me. This is just.
1: Uh, this, this might be his last shot with Chicago at, at showing that. So. He he gotta he gotta play, man. He really has to play. And not only performing for us, it can be for your next employer, right? If you wherever you go to, if you want to continue playing football. So if we don't keep you at some point, you get your chance right now to show that hey, you have some value. And only way to show your value really is
0: being productive on the field. Yeah, because as a dub mentioned, whether his future is here in Chicago or the future is somewhere else in the NFL, he's playing for his next contract. So this is a very important year for Anthony Miller. And I hope. I hope that he takes advantage of whatever opportunities that the team affords him this season, because not only does that bode well for his future, but it bode well for our success in 2021. So Anthony Miller, I know you were saying that you don't want fans jumping back on the bandwagon and this and that. Well, dude, we all want you to be successful here because when you win, we win. Exactly. That's what we want, man. But you have to step up. You have to take advantage of these opportunities you have to upgrade that mental aspect of the game, bro. Get in that playbook. Know what the hell's going on out there. Exactly. Take heed of what Justin Fields said. If you're not out there with the attitude that you're trying to take somebody's job, then why the hell are you doing what you do every day? So guess what? Darnell Mooney took your job last year. Don't let somebody else come in here and take your slot job. Don't let it happen.
1: I'm with you there, Perez. Because right now, we're not patient with them anymore. We're not. We're past that step. So, this is your chance. Show us something, brother. We're waiting.
0: Yes, we are. All right. A double, another player to watch. One, Darnell Mooney. Talk to me. Money Moon. <laughs> the bank is open, baby. Friends, <laughs> <laughs> friends,
1: I am looking forward to seeing him play. And the good thing is, we got a quarterback maybe two quarterbacks who could give him the ball. Right. <laughs> so I'm happy about that, man, because now those long plays for us, when he's going long, he's going deep, that deep ball can now land with some accuracy. Yes, sir. And we've seen this guy get open on many plays for us, including on Sweet Ramsey that we didn't have <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So I'm looking forward to the fact that he may get those opportunities, and now they may land. We're talking about big plays, you know. This guy can make them, man. And now having the quarterback will give him the ball and hopefully the offensive line that gives him time, this should bode well for him. Not just him, but also a Rock too, but I think for him, he's going to get his opportunity to make those big plays, man, that I'm looking forward to, that excitement. Man, it's going to be awesome seeing this guy score those uh, touchdowns with those big plays.
0: Yeah. His rookie year, it was a solid year. He has the potential to have a breakout season in 2021 with, like A-Dub mentioned, quarterbacks that can get him the ball in spots where he can really make explosive plays. And that's going to be the part of his game that I'm going to really look for him to evolve on in 2021. Also, I think that the quality of the targets, I think is going to be better because we saw a lot of what they were doing last season was the short throws, right? Get the ball right. to him, let him make a play here and there. But we talked about it. with the upgraded quarterback play, you're going to see this kid get the ball, down the field a little bit more, right? Where he can use that speed and really open up the offense for this for this team. So that's going to be really important. And we know when it comes to this offense, that Allen Robinson—that's our—that's our wide receiver one. He runs the show. But I'm gonna tell you one thing: Darnell Mooney is not a shabby number two, and I can't wait to see what he's gonna be able to do with better quarterback play. A. W. Exactly. Because guess what? If you start to put double team, double coverage on
1: A-Rod and allow Money Moon to go solo, I don't think a lot of DPs can contain him, man. I really don't, Press. Very few, very slim. <laughs> With that number of people can contain that guy, man. And he should get his opportunities, much more opportunities this coming season. And I thought he was trying to, I thought he was turning up a little bit more last season, Pres, as he got more involved in, in, in the offense. But I'm telling you, man, he's going to be more involved in offense this coming season. So where, hey,
0: you better watch out because this guy's dangerous yeah man and I'm so I'm telling you guys this is somebody right here that I think is gonna be a big time key for this offense, man. I can't wait, brother, can't wait uh another name on the offense that I wanted to discuss a dub is Tevin Jenkins. I think that this guy right here is gonna be a very vital piece for our success here in two thousand and twenty one so we know obviously that the Bears released Charles Leno, right, and now the plan is for Tevin Jenkins to take over and protect the blind side, whether that's Fields or Dalton. So throughout Jenkins' career, we know that he played left tackle probably about a portion of his career. So I think they said of the over 2,500 snaps A-Dub that he had, yeah. uh, probably about less than 500 were in left tackle. For me, Tevin Jenkins is going to be really impactful and important for this team. But I wanted to get your thoughts on Tevin Jenkins and being the left tackle for the for the team.
1: All eyes on him on the left tackle is part of it. He's the guy we traded up for to get in the second round. Everyone thought he should have been the first round um, draft pick. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he's able to do in that position because we're right. We dropped the guy (laughs) and now we insert you. So it's your chance to show us what you're able to do. So, yeah, you got the spotlight now. I'm hoping you can continue to succeed like you've been doing in your college career but well, this would be a good time for us to see what you're able to do. And I'm looking at how many people you piss off, <laughs> you know, how many defensive <laughs> guys get angry with you <laughs> on a daily basis, you know, because uh, you're that kind of guy who would do that. So uh, I think for me, is really, again, I'm, I will be keying in on him press and I'll, I'll be looking at how much success he has, you know, in the passing versus running and um, us running or past the football to see what he's able to bring to the table. And I think he got all
0: eyes on him moving forward. Yeah. And, and one thing that I've talked about um, in the past, when it comes to Jenkins, we all know, that the kid has that competitive demeanor, physical. He's going to definitely, he's going to finish blocks. We know that. But the one thing about his game that just concerns me with with him being a left tackle is pass protection. Right. So he's going to have to clean up some things there because there's some things on film that I've mentioned in the past when it comes to speed rushes. Well, we know that there's a lot of speed rushes in the NFL. And that's a position or those are the type of players that he kind of struggled with. So that's something that I really hope that Castillo is going to be working with Jenkins on, really just making sure that he's evolving that, cleaning that up, and he's only going to get better by going up against Khalil Mack in practice or going up against Robert Quinn. But at the end of the day, getting those type of reps in practice every day is only going to speed up this kid's development. Yeah,
1: man, Perez, you hit some very hard stuff there, man. Those edge rushers in the league, man, they play no games. No, Um, And I think... Getting him prepared for those kind of guys with the Palio Max, like you say, rubber plank, giving him some some training, some early training, that's perfect, man. To let them get used to that kind of a um, tenacity because it's gonna come his way. So I think that's helping him get better and preparing himself for that for those opportunities. But you had one key factor that I don't want us to miss, and that was around Juan Castillo. Juan Castillo, man, I think is very good, but I want to see the work he puts in with Tevin Jenkins. That's going to be telling, man. It really is. Because all the stuff we did to get Jenkins, like I said, we're moving up. I think that's going to be key. And we want to make sure the product we bring on the table can produce. So the work he puts in, the areas of opportunity, you mentioned in the passing game, can he fix and resolve those things? That's going to be very interesting to see how Juan Castillo helps him
0: get better in that department. No, for sure, brother, for sure. And so that'll be really interesting to see. But I think the sky's the limit for this guy, talent wise. But I just think that there's certain things that Bears fans, we got to just make sure that we're kind of keeping our eye on. And I think that that pass rush aspect of things is something we need to definitely make sure that we're focusing in on. So the physical traits of of a Tevin Jenkins, bro, when you see that guy on tape, you smile. When you see the way that he finishes blocks, his aggressiveness, all those things are are key. But I just want to make sure, though, that protecting that quarterback's blind side is something that we know first and foremost that he's going to be able to do and do that shit consistently. Exactly, Perez. And how well he moves his hands,
1: those things are plays a big factor in as well. So that passing, watch him in the passing game. That's going to be important.
0: Yes, sir. So I brought up a guy's name a second ago when it came to the pass rush. Another player to watch, A dub, Robert Quinn. Talk to me, man. Robert
1: Quinn. This guy had um, injuries that happened last season. Didn't look great at all from a statistical standpoint of the game. He has to have a better year. First year was tough. I get it. I give you a pass. Not really, not really give you a pass, but um, <laughs> the fact he didn't go as, as planned. This is your opportunity now to say, hey, I wasn't a fluke with what the Bears is getting me. You know, uh, when I had a great year with Dallas, I'm the real deal. This is now is a chance for us to look and look at him and see what he does well and put him in a position to where he can be effective. Also, some things that he didn't do so well last season. I thought he took a step back with his quickness through all the injuries he faced in that year. So hopefully he's back to who he is. I think now is the time for him to really show us something press to step up, get sacks, put pressure on those quarterbacks. And I think this is the time for us to
0: really play close attention to him now that he's coming to the season. Looks like he's going to come in healthy. I I hope so, man, because... We signed him for one reason, and that was to upgrade the pass rush. And I know a lot of us talked about how excited we were for this move when it happened, when they, they gave him the $70 million, because we yep. said, bro, him teaming up with Khalil Mack and Hakeem Hicks, this shit's about to be fire. Now, I'm going to say this, because I'm going to be fair to Quinn. We went after him during the season. But I would say he made somewhat of an impact towards the end of the season, but he didn't make the type of impact that you expect the guy to make when he basically signs a $70 million contract. I feel like there was a lot of times where his presence wasn't really felt nearly as much as it should have been on the field. And that's why it's going to be really important in 2021 for Robert Quinn to show us who he is. And I'm hoping that with the defensive coordinator change to Desai, that maybe he can find out some ways to get get the best out of Robert Quinn in 2021. And, Press, you hit a good point right there we even bring up
1: our coach, Desai. I'm glad you brought Desai up, you know, because I think Desai can help this guy get better. I'm a fan of the side. I think you know this already, friends. Yep. I think with him probably helping Quinn change a few things up, that might get him going, right? But I think on that side of the table, man, we're really going to need Robert Quinn to really show us something. We can't just rely on Mac to do everything to the man one side of the table where they triple-team and double-team and Mac and hold them everything else. We're going to need the other side to where Quinn can show us something produced, produce, friends. So right now, I'm hoping that the side can come in position to where he can be most
0: effective. Yeah, and, and also, too, one point that you brought up that I really agree with is the fact of Quinn with the injuries. So I think the first and foremost is getting this guy healthy. If he can actually participate in a full offseason, because we saw what happened last year. He sat out a lot of the practices, and we didn't even really know what was going to happen with the guy even leading up to the season. You know, So my thing is, if we can get the guy healthy, that's the first and most important part. And then the production, I'm hoping, is the thing that follows with, the side being strategic and how he basically has these guys rushing, where the pressures are coming from. Those are things that I'm really looking forward to seeing because Khalil Mack is 30. We got to basically get the best out of Khalil Mack because the clock is starting to tick, and it's time for us to get this defense where it should be. I'm very hopeful.
1: I think he can have a bounce back here. He has a lot of help on the team in general. If you look at our entire defensive line, I think it's solid. It really is. Eddie Goldman to Higgs to, to Mac, these are all guys who can help you go one-on-one to do your thing. So right. I'm hoping this guy can show that he can beat his man, you know, yep. uh, when it comes down to getting get in there, man. So we're going to need him to be impactful press. We're talking about having a great defense. He's going to have to produce and be a big part of that. I know that last season, he was in and out the lineup as far as on what plays he played on. He was pretty much involved in a lot of passing plays. I want to see how much involvement he will be when there's a rushing plays. We'll see, man. We really will see where he fits in at, but I'm hoping that this guy can, again, bounce back and be more
0: effective than he was the previous year. Now, that's a good point because I'm also kind of thinking about that aspect of things because, yeah, last season, he seemed to be on the field more in scenarios where the team, the opposing team, was probably going to throw the ball. So right. they had him in, in those true pass rushing opportunities for him. Now, I wonder, though, in 2021, with his health being kind of like, top of mind does the team kind of use him strategically to get the most out of him like that's also going to be kind of curious to see how he's used this this season because will he maybe come out on a running down we don't we don't know and that's something we'll have
1: to see press weather watch and see where he fits in and what like I say where we can get the most of him at that's the key factor right there because we don't want to have a guy on the field just to be on the field we want to see something most importantly is the impact. I don't even care if he doesn't even get sacked spreads. I want to see him put that press to where maybe leave to somebody else getting sacked, right? But I think that's what we're looking at, all those different details. From that standpoint, that makes a difference. And if he can be impactful, that's awesome for us, and that bodes well for us moving forward.
0: Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the last player to watch in 2021 is one Eddie Jackson. Talk to him, A-Dub. Eddie Jackson. Man, I, my boy Prez was on your ass
1: last season. <laughs> 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 and rightly so. I'm hoping this coming season, you're back to being yourself. You're back to playing freelance football, just playing football back to the back to the basics back to being you. Last yeah. season did not look luck yourself. Lucky you were out your element, lucky you were out of character, you were playing out of character. Now you can go back to being you. I'm hoping for this coming season. You're gonna be a big part of our secondary especially after losing foot, we're going to need you. And we're going to mm-hmm. need you positions to where you can be most effective. We're going to need to see some, some interceptions. We're going to need to see some deflections. We're going to need to see it all from you, man. we want to see that pro bowl type of player. So, yes, all lies on you. You know, we're looking at you. We got our eyes on you. We're going to need you produced to be a big factor in our secondary.
0: Yeah. I mean, A.W., you, you hit right on, on the head there, man. I mean, when you look at a guy like Eddie Jackson, when our defense was at, was at its best, was when Eddie Jackson was playing at an all-pro level, right? And we know he's got a knack for making big plays. I mean, he's had six touchdowns defensively in his career. So the guy has a nose for the football, but we haven't seen that a lot. Now, there were a couple plays last season that got overturned because of penalties, so, okay, we can probably say that part. But for the most part, we got to get him back on track, bro. We got to get him back on track. And last year, like you mentioned, he didn't play within himself. He looked like he was out of position a lot of times. It just didn't look right. We know that he has the ability to be the best safety in the NFL. I mean, the ball skills, his speed, the athleticism, and the playmaking ability for Eddie Jackson, bro, is off the charts. But we need to see that side of him come back. Exactly. And Perez, you called him, you know, everyone's called him a
1: ball hawk, right, before in the, in the, in the past. We didn't call him much of it all last season, but no. that's what he was before that, right? Yep. And he did get back to that. Man, Perez, this defense, man, can do some good things, man. And we got the talent, man. We do. We have the talent. He's a big part of that talent. And if he can show us something, man, that bodes well for us, man, that secondary. And that's the help we're probably going to need
0: coming to the season for sure. Yeah, I want to see the 2018 version of Eddie Jackson. If I see that version, I will never speak of the 2020 season ever again. I will never call him Tito Jackson ever again. I need the 2018 (laughs) version, bro. Man, because that 2018 version was no jump, man. <laughs> that guy was everywhere on
1: that field, man. He was getting to the plays very fast for us. He was reading the offense very well. I mean, he was right at the right place at the right time, and he was getting there, man. So I hope he gets back to doing that, and I think he will,
0: and I'm looking forward to seeing him. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, listeners, that was just a quick snapshot of some key players that we think is going to be really impactful for the team this season, and we need each of these guys to basically step it up for us. So without further ado adub i wanted to give a shout out to one of our listeners aaron burson so you know that he's the guy that's been helping us behind the scenes with logos and different things that we're looking at to create some merch for the podcast and so aaron's done a really great job with getting some you know logos over to dub that adub has approved of for some various things that we're going to be doing so shout out to aaron man we appreciate you there's so much work that goes into doing this podcast so the fact that a listener is like hey I really want to help you guys out with this aspect of things. It's something that I'm passionate about. So, man, we really appreciate you. I know A-Dub really loves some of the concepts you've come up with. So, man, listeners, stay tuned. But A-Dub, man, I- I'm really excited for some of the stuff that we're going to be rolling out soon.
1: Oh, yeah, man, Press. I'm getting excited now to hear you talk about it, man. I'm looking forward to it, brother. I really am. Peace has been putting in some great work for us, man. And I think the fans who see it are going to be excited for
0: it as well. So I'm looking forward to it. Yes, sir. Stay tuned merch on deck (laughs) (laughs) but yeah man without further ado man A-Dub another episode in the books and we are out A-Dub go on to sign us off bruh thanks for listening to the Barry Centers podcast
1: you can find this show on Apple Podcasts Spotify, Stitcher iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Google Podcasts we appreciate your continued support of our podcast Bears Nation come down with us ¡Ey!
0: Sí.